Hey guys, welcome to episode nine of the Daily Churn. Today we're back on track with the August recap, which admittedly isn't as interesting as a four days in Japanese jail, but I don't know. I kind of like crunching numbers and seeing how the past month went. So yeah, let's dive right in. A bit of a slow month for credit cards, mainly because I have a Amex Business Platinum card that I have open, which in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have opened given that I don't really need the Amex points, but I got sort of carried away the previous month with the whole stockpile thing. But anyways, that one has a $15,000 spend and that will probably take me a few months to get there. So no new credit cards this month. One thing was I did try to cancel a city premier card that I had, which had a $95 fee. And during the retention call, they offered a $95 credit for spending $95. So I decided just to keep the card, which is both good from a credit history perspective to have it on there for another year. So yeah, kept the city premiere and got the 95 credit ends up being a net zero effect. There was also a PayPal offer of 10% back on $500 that you spend at Target and you're able to buy like Visa gift cards and stuff. We ended up just getting $500 of Home Depot gift cards because we have some house stuff coming up that we need to work on. And so, yeah, kind of two birds with one stone, got $500 of spend towards my Amex Platinum card that I linked in PayPal and also got $50 back. I've also been trying to open a Hilton card for probably six, seven, eight months now. And I am constantly in Hilton pop-up jail. So no go on opening those Hilton cards. I wanted the Hilton points to book a stay at the Hilton Niseko for early January when we have a snowboarding trip booked. And who knows if uh, Japan will let us in at that point. But if you ever do go to Japan and you're into the snow thing, the Hilton Niseko is actually really nice. It's got the best onsen that we've ever been in. It's like an outdoor bath, essentially, that has a view of the mountains. So you're literally sitting outside while it snows on you and you're staring at this beautiful mountain and the sun setting. It's it's pretty epic. The hotel itself is a little bit run down, but that onsen makes it worth it. So I've been trying to get points for that. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, Amex has decided that both my wife and I are undeserving of the Hilton cards. And so I'll just keep trying every month. So moving on to bank accounts, a little bit more action here. I opened a port, porte, it's spelled P-O-R-T-E, porte bank. I'll probably add links to these on the website, which if you haven't been before is not thedailychurn.com. That will take you to a dairy farm, but thedailychurnpodcast.com. And yeah, I think especially for these recap episodes, I'll just put all the DOC links that I talk about here so you don't have to be scribbling all this stuff down. But the bonus was essentially $100 for depositing $500. And it's only available through a referral link. So the referrer gets $100. And so I opened one using a DOC referral link. And then I referred my wife and she also opened it. So I ended up getting $100 for opening my account, $100 for referring my wife. And then my wife also got $100. So total ended up being $300. And the nice part is the bonus posts basically the next day after you make a deposit or you refer someone and they make a deposit. Just a couple things to keep in mind though with that account, if you're looking to do it yourself, is that that $100 bonus ends on September 4th, which I think is next Saturday. So after that, it only becomes a $50 bonus, which obviously isn't as good. And then also on DOC, when you're looking for the referral links, he has a separate referral thread, which 
I'm not sure why they do this, but it's been locked since March, I think. And so the top comment with the referral link on there has like 57 upvotes on DOC, which for DOC is a lot of upvotes, which potentially means that the top referral link on there has been used over 57 times, which I'm not sure if port has like a limit on how many times or how many people you can refer. So just to be safe, I scrolled further down and used someone's link who hasn't been used that much because I know for example, like interactive brokers, they'll cap you at 15 referrals in a year. But yeah, overall, pretty easy bonus. Keep in mind, too, that they are sensitive as to what counts as a direct deposit. HM Bradley worked for me. Square and Gusta will definitely work as well if you have that. And if you don't have either of those, just check the DOC comments. I think there are some comments from people mentioning a few data points for what other banks might be able to trigger the bonus. But the nice part is the bonus posts the very next day after your direct deposit. So if your transfer didn't work, you have that instant feedback to then just put in another $500 from a different bank and you can keep trying that way. But yeah, that's it for bank accounts for August. I think I kind of slacked off a little bit because the way bank account bonuses usually work is that you sort of have to queue them up one month to three months in advance because they generally don't just post the same month where you apply for the bank account. So you really kind of have to sort of plan ahead a little bit. And yeah, I'm not sure what happened. I think I was starting the podcast in July, took up some more time and then some bonuses from banks posted in July, which gives you this kind of like feel good feeling of like you've done something. But in reality, what happened was you'd done something two, three months ago and now you're getting the rewards. But that, I think, kind of distracted me from opening new bank accounts. So I actually went in and queued up a bunch of accounts for future months. And I'll just briefly run through those. I won't be getting the bonuses for them for a while. But if you want to try applying for them yourself, they're pretty easy. They had decent comments on DOC. A few of them are state specific, but a few of them are general. So the state specific ones I have queued for this coming week is FNBO for 250 Key Bank for 200 and First Bank for 300. And again, there'll be links to these on the website, but just check to see if your state is eligible for those bank account bonuses. I also have queued PNC Bank for 300, and that one isn't state specific, so you can be from anywhere and apply for that one. And the big one I actually have that I'm excited about is the $750 bonus from Chase Business. That's a really big bonus for, I, I think, depositing only $10,000. And in theory, you should be able to open this business bank account online. We weren't able to, and it happens, I think, for a couple reasons. So if you've never had any kind of business relationship with Chase, I think you'll be able to open this account entirely online. However, if you've had business credit cards with Chase, they're online application is going to throw you an error because I think what it tries to do is set up a new business profile for you. But because you've had a previous or current business relationship with Chase, the system just wasn't built very well and isn't able to do it. They want you to go in branch and they can do it manually for you there. So with my wife's application, it failed online. She's never had a Chase business checking account before. And one of the requirements is that you don't currently have a Chase business checking account. And so that didn't apply to her. But She's had Chase business cards and a Chase business profile when you log in. And so that, I think, is what caused the error. And in terms of business eligibility, I think during the pandemic, there was a point in time where they were denying essentially every sole proprietorship. But I think they're past that point now because I remember seeing a couple of data points where sole proprietorships were approved for these kinds of accounts. 
we ended up just actually applying as a single member LLC, which if you're not aware, you can just go to your state's website and create an LLC for like $25, $50. And from a tax perspective, a single member LLC is treated the same as a sole proprietorship, but you get the additional benefits of the liability shield without having to file separate taxes for the business. So there's really no reason not to do it. And I think it actually potentially improves your chances of getting approved for business things because it, it is more legit. But yeah, we have our appointment with a banker later this week. And one thing I plan on asking, because I didn't see a lot of data points or any data points about this, is whether or not I would be able to apply as well. Because I have Chase business checking accounts, but it wasn't clear if the requirement of not having a current Chase business checking account was done on a per business level or per person level. because. I'd be happy to create a, let's say, a single member LLC for this podcast and get my $750 that way. But yeah, we'll see. I'll ask the banker and if it works, I will definitely post a data point. All right. Next up is brokerages. My wife and I had opened Tastyworks accounts back in May, and that account was basically deposit $2,500 and they'll give you 100 shares. And those 100 shares on average would be worth around $200 to $220. Then you had to hold your funds there for 90 days before you could withdraw everything. So in theory, it's a pretty good account. What ends up happening, though, is that the shares you get is randomized. And so on my wife's account, I believe she got like $240 worth of shares of WRTH, which is, I think, some food service company. And then I ended up getting Gern, G-E-R-N, which is a biotech company, and only got $138 worth of shares. So it really does vary as to how much shares you're going to get. Then I made the additional mistake of holding my shares instead of just selling those immediately. Because you're actually, once you're awarded those shares, which happens really quickly, actually, a few days after depositing $2,500, you'll get your 100 shares and you're able to sell those shares immediately. What you can't do for 90 days is transfer the money out. You can sell the shares. But because I'd only gotten $138 of the Jern stock, I was like, okay, maybe I'll just gamble and, and hold on to our shares until the 90 day holding period. And, you know, the market seems to be doing well and we'll just keep it in there and and see how those stocks go. Sadly for us, that was not a good gamble. Jern and particularly my wife's WRTH stocks went down a lot. When we finally cashed out last week, I got $128 for my Jern stock and she got $120 for her waiter stock, which was worth 240 when she was first awarded those. So in hindsight, definitely should have just sold those. I think the rule of thumb here is if they award you stocks for a company that you would have invested in anyway, then, you know, by all means, keep it. But most of the time they're awarding you shares for these random companies that you've never heard of and probably don't really believe in if you did the research on them. And so especially for those cases, definitely just sell those stocks and avoid the kind of temptation to gamble. But again, that was totally our fault. And Tastyworks themselves was actually pretty smooth in terms of awarding the bonus. The platform's a little bit weird and janky. The name Tastyworks sort of matches what you'd expect from the platform. You know, a little weird, a little funky, but the bonus paid out easy. And yeah, I think it's a pretty good deal for a $2,500 deposit. 
we also opened up some of the smaller brokerages that were giving out free stocks like Robinhood and Webull and First Trade. I'm not sure how I feel about those. I only ended up doing those because the Starbucks summer game had just ended. And if you're not familiar with the Starbucks games, essentially every quarter or so, they'll do a game where you can just enter a form that will give you two free plays each day on their game. The trick, though, with the Starbucks game is that you only play for the first few days. We learned that the hard way in the sense that I've spent way too much time just like filling out that form and getting the free plays each day. But for whatever reason, Starbucks structures it so that they front load all of the wins. So in the first like few days to a week or so, you're actually winning stuff. And for the remaining three or four weeks, you're just playing for absolutely no reason. Like the chance of you actually winning anything gets smaller and smaller. So next time you see a Starbucks game, sign up, do the free daily plays and only play for a few days. We usually win at least a couple free drinks, a free breakfast item, some free stars. Yeah, it's it's pretty good if you do it right. But anyways, after just finishing those games, I was sort of in a sweet, steaky kind of a, a mood. The way they award free stocks at Robinhood and Webull and First Trade is that you get a chance of winning a stock between a certain value. So there's a 98% chance you get a stock that's worth between, I think, a dollar to $10. Then a 1% chance you get a stock between $10 and I think $50. And then another 1% chance of getting a stock between $50 and $500. So it definitely is kind of like a sweepstake in that sense. But I had a friend who won a Bed Bath & Beyond stock as their free stock. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll try that out. Unfortunately, with Robinhood, I only got a $3 stock. It is done through a referral program. So my friend got a stock, I got a stock, we got the same stock, the same $3 stock. But it's, it's sort of potentially worthwhile if you're just bored anyway, like there's no Starbucks game to click around on, and you have a P2, because the referral bonus is that I got a stock for referring someone, so I referred my wife, and she also did it. We also both ended up getting, I think, a $4 stock. And actually, Robinhood is the lowest in terms of how many stocks they give out. Webull is a lot better. They'll give you four stocks for referring someone, and the person being referred gets two stocks, one for signing up and then one for depositing $5. So between my wife and I, I got four stocks for referring her. I got two stocks for me signing up, and then she got two stocks for her signing up. So it ended up being eight stocks. We didn't get lucky and get any big stocks, but for those eight it totaled around $30 that we got from Webull, which is not bad. Same sort of thing with First Trade. You get one stock for referring somebody, and that person actually gets two stocks. So it's a one to two ratio. The issue with First Trade, though, is unlike Robinhood and Webull, that platform is really crappy and nothing was instant. We're still waiting for those stocks. They show up as pending, but they haven't actually awarded them, whereas the other ones, they'll at least tell you what stock you're getting while it's depositing. Plus, they require a $100 deposit for you to get that second stock, whereas Webull is only $5 and Robinhood, no deposit was required at all. I'll maybe update this in the September recap of what we got from First Trade, but definitely start with Robinhood and Webull, and if you're bored, do First Trade. Finally, there was a bunch of miscellaneous churns that brought in a good chunk of change. I think maybe the theme of this recap is death by a thousand cuts, but in a good way where it's just like a lot of these little things are sort of adding up. There was Rakuten that finally I got my payout from. I think they pay out on a quarterly basis. So it wasn't that I was worried I wasn't going to get a payout, but it just took a while. And I think they had a referral 
offer back in around, it's been a while, I think around Memorial Day-ish, where you get $40 for referring someone and the referrer also gets $40. And for whatever reason, I was one of the few people that hadn't been using Rakuten until then. So my friends were very excited to (laughs) refer me, but I joined, I got the $40 and then I referred my wife so that she got $40 and then I got $40 as well for referring her. And then I bought some random stuff, got another $15 or so of cashback. So I ended up getting a $95 cashback into my PayPal from Rakuten. My wife also got a $15 from Rakuten just for actually buying stuff and using Rakuten, which they have a really nice browser extension. And so if you just install it, it'll remind you when you're on a site whether or not there's cashback. And Honestly, I've been pleasantly surprised with just how slick Rakuten is. The extension is really a no-brainer, easy to use. The payouts have been smooth. The website's really well designed. Yeah, it's honestly exceeded all of my expectations because before Rakuten, I was doing stuff on Swagbucks. So after having used Swagbucks, Rakuten felt like it was this just amazing portal. One thing to note though with the browser extension is that when you click activate cashback, what it does on a lot of sites, for example, with meal kits, is that it replaces whatever coupon code or referral code you had before with their code. So if you have a nice offer for, let's say, a meal kit that gives you $120 across four boxes, you click the activate thing on the Rakuten extension because it's showing, hey, you'll get a 25% cashback. It replaces your $120 offer with just a 25% back, which is obviously not as good. And so you do have to be wary that they will override coupon and promo codes. Speaking of meal kits, we've still been churning those and that's been great, just kind of referring ourselves and some baskets, the one we've been using a lot lately and Chase had, and I think still has some basket 10% offers on some of their cards. And so we've activated those and got like three bucks on one order, another four bucks back from Chase on another order. And then Chase also had a 20% offer on Whole Foods if you do delivery or pickup up to $12. And so we've got $12 back from Chase for doing a Whole Foods order. Then the big one in this miscellaneous category was actually Swappa, which if you're not aware, because I wasn't until maybe a few months ago, is It's like an alternative to eBay, but specifically for selling electronics like phones. I was kind of debating whether or not to include it in this August churning recap because, you know, selling phones is not really churning. But the reason I decided to put it in is because the way we ended up getting the phones was that back in November of last year during Black Friday on Cricket Wireless, they were selling iPhone SEs for $50 with the additional constraint that you needed to subscribe to their service for six months. So both my wife and I previously were on Verizon, which I mean, Verizon is just a terrible deal given how expensive they are. But we were like, okay, let's switch over to Cricket. We'll both get new iPhone SEs for $50 each. And their lowest tier service was $30 a month. So even with the cost of the $50 phone, we both just saved money by switching over to Cricket Wireless, which this sounds like a Cricket Wireless commercial, but we switched over, saved money on our wireless plan. This month, I sold on Swappa my iPhone SE that I got for $50 for $248. So the buyer actually paid $300 for that phone. I got $258 after fees, which 
Again, the appeal of Swappa is that they have lower fees than eBay and they also have better protection. Like you need to upload photos of your phone and someone actually reviews those to make sure you're legit. So I got $258 for that phone and then I paid $10 with USPS to ship it to the person. So I ended up getting a net $248. So we ended up making a decent amount of money on it. Six months of phone service at $30 is only $180 and actually paid for that phone service using another deal, which was that Kroger was selling Cricket Wireless cards for a 15% discount. So I think I only paid $150 for those six months of phone service plus the $50 for the phone. So all in $200 paid and then got $250 back six months later. And the reason I'm going to include the whole $248 that we made in the tally is that we would have been paying for phone service during those six months regardless. And that phone service was actually more expensive than what we were paying to Cricket. I think the lesson here is that if you see a deal on Cricket for iPhones and so Black Friday is, you know, coming up, it could be worth it just to get it. And with Swappa, the thing to note too is that the best deals are going to be on iPhones. Like a Pixel 3 is only going for maybe $100, but this old iPhone 7 Plus I had is still selling for over $200 on Swappa. So if you see a Cricket deal for an iPhone, definitely think about jumping on it. Those things basically don't lose value and you're going to get an amazing deal through Cricket and most likely make money and just get a free six months worth of phone usage and phone service. Okay, so that's it for all the various churning categories. I'm just tallying these up for an end of month total and it looks like there was $50 for credit cards for spending the $500 through PayPal. $300 on bank accounts from Porte Bank, $128 from Tastyworks for me, and $120 from Tastyworks for my wife. Then I just added up all the Robinhood and Webull mini stocks together for $48.71. Miscellaneous stuff, there was the $96.80 from Rakuten, plus another $15 for my wife from Rakuten. Also $12 from Chase for Whole Foods and $3.79 and $4.29 on Sunbasket Chase offers for a total of $20.08 from Chase offers. And of course the $248 for selling the iPhone on Swappa for a grand total of $1,026.59. Not too bad. Definitely not as good as last month, but I think last month was a bit of a extreme example with the IBKR stocks depositing. But yeah, I feel like this month I wasn't trying as hard. So I think maybe the lesson learned here is to try and queue up these bank bonuses in advance. And that's something I'm definitely going to be focusing on next week. And also, I think just being a bit more careful with these credit cards with really large spends. I think $15,000 is a lot of spend and that could have been a lot of cash back. But instead, I'm working towards getting 150,000 Amex points, which if you're in a mode where getting travel points is the priority, I don't think that's a bad choice at all. But with my wife and I doing the whole lean fire thing, I think getting a points credit card wasn't the best choice. But now that we've gotten it, we're going to see it through. I think my two takeaways is to stay on top of getting things queued up for future months because future month you will be thankful you did that earlier. And credit cards just refocus back on cashback ones that have lower spend and a good cashback bonus. Cool guys, I think that's it for the August recap. I will be posting DOC links to all of these offers 
on the dailychurnpodcast.com so that you can easily track these down. And then on the right will be my referral link. If you want to support the podcast and buy me a coffee, you know, I'll get a few free stocks if you decide to sign up for Robinhood or something. But uh, yeah, I think in the future too, I'm going to try and add like a comment section to the site so that A, if you have questions, you can put your questions there instead of trying to track me down on Reddit. But B, it could be nice too for other people to be able to share their referral links. So I don't know, it could also get kind of spammy. So we'll see. It's a work in progress. If you guys have suggestions, definitely let me know. Otherwise, I will catch you guys next week.